This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing. This recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited. Hello and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. Well, hello everybody and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken. It's a beautiful day here at Winds Baptist Church, and Carl and I are here to uh, speak to just a a good, dear friend of ours. Uh, We had chances to sing together and to do some work together for the Lord, and uh, Matt Sutton, who many of you may know, uh, is here today to uh, speak with us, and we're going to get the chance to hear his story. So I guess to get things started, Matt, how did you come to the point of deciding that Winds should be your church home? My father and mother were at another church while my siblings and I went through primary school, grade school, and uh, we all graduated uh, through that church. And when I went off to college, which we'll talk about later, I didn't really go to church when we came back here. My parents were going to Winds. Uh, I didn't go to church too much just because I was here for weekends. I went a few times, but I don't really remember that too much. It was when, around junior year, that I really started to take seriously since I knew that I'd be done with college soon where I wanted to start planting into church. So I came here and I felt a certain peace and comfort that I hadn't experienced as much at my other church, probably because of my maturity. I'd kind of come to a different point in my life. But I remember telling my mother that this felt like a country cooking church. Yeah. uh, That you got what you needed. Uh, All the essentials were there. Nothing too crazy. And that's really what I wanted, coming from a church that was larger, that kind of had more flashing smoke and lights and things like that. So what drew me was the simplicity, but the uh, poignancy of it and how meaningful everything was. Uh, And of course, a a certain young lady caught my attention too, so that's what (laughs) kept me coming here. Yeah, That sometimes will do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it it really is a, a very comfortable church. You've got people that just, they just exude love. And acceptance, and it's one of the things I I agree with you. It's one of the first things I noticed when I was here. So obviously, when you got to Winds and and found Winds as your church home, you had already accepted Christ as your Savior. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. How did that come about? Well, my family uh, were missionaries in mm-hmm. France, and we came back on furlough for I think is our second or third time. We were in Louisiana. And at the time, we were going to a church that was not pastored by my grandpa, but he's the one that baptized me. 
And I remember being in church. I don't remember all the circumstances. I don't have a clear recollection of me saying to my mom or dad, I'm ready to be saved by Jesus. But I remember making that decision and being baptized by my grandpa. And I was so excited about it. I shared with it uh, with my kindergarten class. I remember it was in March. So that's, I don't remember the exact date. And uh, from there, I was as on fire for the Lord as a, as a young kid could be, you know, Sure. It's it's very limited as far as is my parents' faith for the most part. They they loved on me well. They led me to the right places. They took me to church every Sunday. I did run into some uh, difficulties as every teenager will as far as deciding if the Lord was really for my life, which of course led to me deciding where I wanted to go to college. But right. uh, it was wonderful growing up in a Christian home. I, the stability of it all, seeing scripture on the walls and prayer time was such a priority. Uh, it was excellent having that security in the home. Absolutely. It just what a wonderful blessing to be able to have a life where you're able to grow up in such a, a warm, loving atmosphere Absolutely. like that. And, uh, and, it's, and it, serves, it served you well, obviously, you know, help you come to that. So you, you said so now you were in Louisiana when, uh, and your grandfather were able to, mm-hmm. was able to baptize you. That's just beautiful. And then I guess at some point you, uh, the family moved to uh, That's right. Virginia. We, yeah. I, I don't know the whole story. My father was looking i think maybe to go back into ministry i don't know if he was looking to go back to the field it, that escapes me whether what was true but um i think he might have we might have moved to florida if it wasn't for a last minute intervention by the lord to work at the international mission board so you'll have to ask him uh, about that sure but uh yeah we moved to virginia i believe in 1996 and we've been here ever since wow mm-hmm. and that and then of course you would go on to go to college at Liberty University. That's right. Wow. Tell, tell me a little bit about the campus and about your uh, about your college. Certainly. Life. It's definitely expanded since I graduated in 2013. As a 18-year-old, I was more insecure than I realized, mm-hmm. uh, not about my self-image, but just about life in general. I was very protected by my parents. Uh, they weren't overprotective. I was just not really wanting to uh, experience the world yet. I hadn't really done to anything too bold. I hadn't really w- witnessed very much. I hadn't expanded on my skills too much. I was a very simple young man. I didn't really have a whole lot of passions at the time. And so when my parents and I were thinking about college, it really wasn't on my mind. I knew I wanted to go to college, but I was not that type of person that in 10th grade, like, oh, I want to go to Tech, UVA, right. I want to go to all yeah. these places. So when I graduated high school, I didn't really know what was next. So our, my first visit was Liberty, and being a missionary kid, they had a fantastic scholarship. So that kind of sealed the deal for my parents. Plus, I really had no desire to go anywhere else. I had gone on different youth retreats to Liberty, and I knew it was a solid place to go. So I said, why not? It wasn't my first or last choice. It was just a choice, and that was the one that I went with. And right. uh, I didn't really have any prospects anywhere else, but I'm, it was where God wanted me to go. And so... Uh, that summer, you know, we get everything ready to go, get get to Liberty. It's very friendly there. They have brother-sister dorms, so like a girl, it's it's not co-ed norms. They're, it's all girls in one dorm and the guys in the other, and they have brother and sister uh, dorms. So they'll have events together. They'll eat meals together for the first few weeks, and they do activities together. So that was just nice, and I think um, it's for a couple of reasons, but, you know, I definitely have some friends that met their significant other through those relationships there. And so it was really friendly. There were some really nice guys in my hall, and I roomed with one of my best friends. And uh, it became pretty clear that I was kind of a spiritual midget being around some of these awesome men of God at Liberty. And that called into question, like, okay, who am I? Yeah. You know, and because 
when I was in high school, there wasn't a whole lot of, of uh, faith, strong faith people. I just, we were just kind of doing life in high school. And so I started calling to question my faith. Okay, am I genuine? Am I really saved? That wasn't as big of a deal as am I genuine? Am I really like a Bible-believing Christian that knows the word and, and loves God? I knew I was saved. So I didn't doubt my salvation. And so then I just went that first semester there, I really started to wonder, does prayer work? Does God love me? And there's a crossroads that I think every Christian needs to go through in order for them to be genuine. Because before that, it was kind of uh, my parents' faith where we went to church. And that was just that. So I really kind of met God head on. And it wasn't instantaneous. The next semester, I did really well in school, but I was still wrestling. Okay, what does my, my life look like if I'm going to be genuine for the Lord? And so it was an interesting summer. I kept asking, why, why choose you, Lord? Why don't I just do what I want to do? And I didn't have like a pivotal moment, but just slowly but surely God showed me I am the way to follow. You need to follow me. And it's through me making selfish decisions that that became very clear. It was a process and having liberty to kind of not lead me astray, you know, not having a whole lot of parties to tempt me or people with false doctrines is, is excellent to have that as a, as a stabilizer. Right. right. Because if I went to a secular school, I don't know what would have happened and I don't really want to speculate. Well, it, it seems to me, I mean, and I, I agree with you, every Christian has those crossroads moments, uh, a time when uh, they need to make sure that their faith isn't just in their head, but it's actually in the heart. Absolutely. And, and I guess that's that part of maturity, that growing up aspect that kind of comes into play. And you being so well grounded, obviously came into play here. Absolutely. And, yeah. I had very little doubts as to whether God was real. I, I had just, it's just a maturity thing. Absolutely. Right, sure. So having that foundation was essential. Absolutely. And um, my parents were never pushy with their growth. I, I have a great role model in my father and mother and um, prayer works better than, you know, the waggling finger and yeah. saying, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, they let the Lord do the convicting. And, and I know that with my stubborn will, if it was them doing all the heavy lifting, it might not have gone that way. Yeah. And now hindsight wise, it was the best. Thing. And I know at the time it was hard for them to see me making um, some foolish decisions, but they, they just smile now because they know that it was all the Lord and that's the way to make it work. So being a parent now, which we'll talk about, I guess, in a little bit, yeah. that's such an important reminder for me that it's not always you that has to have the last word. It's the Holy Spirit. That, well, that's exactly right. You, I, I don't know if you know this. Your dad is one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. He's one of the ones that uh, pats me on the back when he feels like it's deserved and wags the finger when it's definitely needed. <laughs> and so I got a, just a very small taste of what you're actually talking about from uh, Brother Joel and uh it's a wonderful situation, but you can't argue with the end result. You know, yeah. what God has done and done through your life and through the lives of your family, is, it's just remarkable. And at WINS, we all have an opportunity to be blessed by that. And, and we just, I just think that's fantastic. And of course, WINS was able to give to you as well, not just in Christian fellowship and a chance to grow and, and create friends, but a wife. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. And a beautiful wife, too. Sure. Just an amazing Thank young you. lady and uh, and, a, and a baby girl, a little baby girl. Yes. And it's just, oh, it's been fun watching you guys you know, connect and grow and see this baby come along. And it's just, so tell me more about that and the challenges and where your Christian life and your Christian walk has, has come into play as you grow your family. Well, you've heard it said that marriage is a reflection of Christ in the church. And so 
when my wife and I met, she was just going into college and I was a senior. And so it became pretty clear to me that I need to start really giving some consideration that I'm going to be the head of the household. And of course, marriage was three years away at that point, but still I wasn't dating just to date. Right. And so her coming to wins was actually uh, an interesting story, which I won't go into detail, but uh, sometimes interesting circumstances that don't work out can actually lead you to something more beautiful, which yeah. is why it's really important to trust in, in the will of the Lord. As long as you're doing what he desires, even if a door closes, another one more um, suitable and, and wonderful might open up. So it's kind of um, like a ro- the God bless the broken road. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things, right? So every summer when we came back, of course, we'd be here and we'd be sad to go back to college. Or in my case, I started teaching and she was doing her schooling. But uh, yes, the the faith of her parents too, and yeah. um, allowing it because without their faith and without my parents, we wouldn't have met and. It's just been wonderful to have my daughter raised in this church. There's so many wonderful young kids in here that I'm looking forward to having her um, grow up with and be friends with. Oh, sure. She'll, someday she'll be a little lamb. Yeah. yeah. That'll be a wonderful thing to see. Well, that's a, that's fantastic. So at Liberty, when you graduated, what, what was your degree in again? So it was in social studies with a teaching licensure. That's right. So you teach middle school. I do. So, I tell you what. Tell me some of the challenges you have. Challenges you have as a Christian teaching in today's public schools. That, that's got to be, that's got to be frustrating at times. I would imagine. Certainly, but I do respect the separation of church and state. Honestly, because if my daughter were to go to public school, and she had a teacher that was completely atheistic or yeah. uh, a Muslim right. or nothing against Muslims or atheists, I love them all. But as far as them indoctrinating my daughter. I wouldn't want them putting their beliefs. I understand. Even though what I know, I believe is true. I don't think it's right. right. So I I have a respect for that separation there. But if a, a kid asks me, if I, if I bring up a very loose conversation about God and somebody asks me what I believe, then I can say exactly what I believe. But I can't teach it as you have to accept this. So there have been a few opportunities where I've been able to do that, but they're few and far between. And I don't want to uh, create uh, any... I mean, I want to keep my job. My job is very important because <laughs> yeah, right. because I, I am there not all not necessarily to spread the gospel, but to spread love. And I think love can lead people to Christ because God is love. So what I tend to do is focus more on on that message and not just the general worldly love. Oh, you know, love is good and everything, but say you know, I see many kids that have broken homes mm-hmm. and they act out because of that. And so I try to be a stabilizing force. And there have been times where I'll be talking to a student outside and that does come up because so often a grandma or a family member has taken them to church or has talked about it and said, so let's talk about that a little bit. And I'll kind of let them do the talking and then I'll bring in my piece. But that doesn't happen a whole whole lot, but it's happened enough to know that I'm there for the right reason. Well, one of the things I mean, we do say it's a word fitly spoken, but you know they they'll know that we're Christians by our love, right? Uh, and uh, that does come forward. People don't. You don't have to go put a sign on your head or you know on your shirt that says, "Hey, right. I'm a Christian." They're going to know by the actions that you 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 put out there, the light that's shining through you. And I I'm sure those young children they see that. Especially when the world's so dark. Trust me, I know. I used to be one of those children in, in a bad home, that a dark home. And when I was ever met someone who was who was firm in 
the word of God, who was a true Christian. And you could just sense that and see that. And you naturally want to go towards that because of what you have waiting for you at home. So I can see why a lot of children may may come to you and, you know, from, from time to time and, and look for that light. It's also what other teachers might say or how they carry themselves that sets it apart. Sure. Some of the words that they choose to say and they yeah. say, oh, my, my social studies teacher doesn't say stuff like that. And he kind of carries himself different or he, you know, has this perspective. And I remember having a student said, uh, you know, you've been bringing up all these hot button issues like abortion and stuff like that because we study Supreme Court cases mm, and things right. like that. Yeah. Said, I know you're very neutral, but I can kind of tell what side you're on because you've mentioned that you go to church a few times. And I said, well, I'm glad you bring that up, but not everybody in church uh, believes what, you know, what the Bible says. Yeah. And she said, oh, right. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm always trying to like be a very neutral subject for my kids, but also I have an agenda and, but I do, I do do it subtly. You present it when God gives you the opportunity. That's right. And I think, that, I think that's fantastic. So the one thing I really would like to gain from you, because you and I have had some opportunities to go out into the field, mission field together, a uh, local mission field, uh, and, and to reach out. We've worked together uh, uh, to try to help another church uh, to build their uh, outreach program. And there's some other churches in the future that uh, I'm still speaking with and using some of the same material that uh, you presented. You know what it's like to go out, out there and try to bear fruit for the Lord. And you know a lot of the challenges that we come across. Give me, give me some examples of, of that, that you've, that you've had some wins and some losses. Sure. Well, I will say that that's one of my biggest uh, areas of frustration because I always want to do more. And thankfully, right. there's some other brothers in Christ here who are really trying to, to push for more intentional conversations with strangers and more opportunities. And so I'm very thankful to not be alone in that uh, crusade of winning souls. But I will say that, like I said, I wish I, I did it more often, but... Some successes, of course, um, when when you talk to somebody and they and they realize they are, they're not going to heaven, they're they're going to some to hell. Um, no beating around the bush there, right. and um, and asking them, okay, so what do you what are your hangups? And and they'll present them, and um, it's really it's really upsetting when to yourself uh, when when you don't really get to see it through uh, to the end and present the gospel. An example of which was at our outreach. I won't say his name, but he had his uh, wife and uh, kid there, and he suffered from a, uh, a degenerative skin disease, mm. and um, and that was his main hangup. Why why I trust in a God that gave me the disease and gave my son this disease, yeah. and so um, that's tough to say because you know it, it does seem like some somewhat of an injustice, and so it's it's hard to present the gospel in the midst of a sinful world, especially for somebody that seems like they've been wronged, um, but. I, you know, you have to say that it's not God's fault. It's hard to convince somebody that might have all that pinned up of frustration. Um, some successes, some, one of my clearest uh, memories is when I was a camp counselor. It's, it's wonderful when kids come to Christ because you know that there's a lot of things that they get to avoid, a lot of uh, doubts that they get to overcome. As far as like the older you get, the more life throws all of its fury at you and it mm -hmm. might make you harder to, to know Christ. So at least there's uh, salvation is assured and then they can still have doubts as they get older like i did like i had but at least their their soul is sealed so uh, just being a camp counselor and having some a kid come up to me and say uh, mr matt i 
I want to know Jesus as my savior. Okay, let's, okay, so, so, uh, and then you go into it. So what did Jesus do for you? Well, he died. And why did he die? Because, because I'm a sinner. And said, absolutely. And do you want to, do you want to go to heaven forever? I do. All right, let's pray. And and leading a kid to Christ and then giving him a hug afterwards. And uh, I wish that my list of successes was longer than failures, but it's, it's in the 21st century. I I suppose it's difficult. And I, I want to have more encounters and, and that's part of where I am now. I definitely want to be growing more. It's not about having an amazing outreach program if it's not going to actually be outreach. You know, we have to be out there. That's exactly right. Doing winning souls. Well, you know, and I think it's important to not look at it as a, uh, a football record or a baseball record. How many wins and losses do you have? You know, and you got to have more wins than losses if you want to make the playoffs. Right. It's nothing like that. It, it, it's it's planting seeds. Because it may seem like it's a loss sometimes, but somewhere down the road, you don't know what's going to happen with that seed that was planted. That's that word fitly spoken. That's why we use that and choose Very that. Very true. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just making sure that not only that you know the message that needs to be delivered, but that you deliver it. And that's the important aspect. What good is a seed if it never touches the that's soil? Right. And that's that's the whole point of this. And I th- I've learned a lot from you now. I, I mean, I've been trying to be a, a strong witness and to bear fruit for, for the Lord for a long time. And I've had successes and, and failures. But it, you brought, when you and I got together, you brought on a fresh perspective and a different way of looking and expressing yourself. That's helped me. And, and I appreciate that. And I want you to know that and those people that are listening. But you've got a powerful story one that's reaching not just the youth of this church, but other church members as well. And uh, hey, that little girl, she's going to have the same blessings and the same um, opportunities that you were given by, from your father because you're, you're not straying away. You're, 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 you're staying strong and true to the Word of God. And uh, you've just been a real blessing for us. And I thank you for your time today. I really do. I appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you in choir this year. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we just hope that you were as blessed as we were as we spent some time with Matt Sutton here at Winds Baptist Church. You can catch Matt on Sundays. Uh, Actually stop in and see his Sunday school class. He teaches the college and career class uh, starting at 11 o'clock on every Sunday. and just let him know if you were blessed by this, just let him know. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. As you go through your week this week, just remember Proverbs 25, 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Have a blessed day.